FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I am your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers, Moira. And I'm Daz. And we're really happy to have join us this week uh, our friend, Al- no, Illyrio's not here. Well, oh wait, we have a replacement for him. Bringing on the lovely and talented Claire. Oh no, Claire's not here either. It's just us right now. <laughs> We've been stood up. Double stood up. You know, I really apologize to the fans of FisherCast that, uh, you know, we're really excited to get a sneak peek into what a season five was going to be like. Um, but Illyrio had other commitments that he could not get out of. And so we had a replacement in Claire, who is like one of the biggest David fans there is, and who really, really wanted this episode as well, but yet, I don't know where she is. (laughs) She's disappeared. So it's just us tonight, and, uh, you know, hey, I can do that. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) She better not have been carjacked. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (gasps) She better be safe somewhere, Robin. (sighs) I'm thinking um, she is um, right now snoring because it's very late <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> it's after midnight for her, so. Mm-hmm. Mm. Someone went a little crazy with the absinthe, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe her corset was laced too tight. <laughs> she <passed> out. <laughs> I know that's why Illyrio couldn't get here. So... <laughs> Uh, enough trash talk. Let's uh, move it along because I know this episode is going to be a very lengthy discussion. So um, let's get into the Darwin Awards, in which I honor the idiots in history that snuff themselves out before they reproduce. This story is called Lego. This comes from uh, New York uh, in February 2008. A 50-year-old man was bird hunting in upstate New York with his buddies and his faithful canine companion. That was his dog. Um, they stopped for a smoke, and his dog found a deer leg bone. The man tried to take the bone away, but like any right-thinking dog, the animal would not relinquish its treasure. He stayed just out of reach. Frustrated with this blatant show of disobedience, the man grabbed his loaded shotgun by the muzzle and began wielding it like a club. Each time he swung it, the dog dodged. Suddenly, the club, quote-unquote, struck the ground and fired, shooting the man in the abdomen. (laughs) He was airlifted to a nearby hospital where he died from his injuries. Um, He did remain conscious long enough to confirm this account to police, otherwise his poor friends might now be under suspicion. But at least he didn't hit his dog. So... (laughs) (laughs) Man... Uh, so that was his dog and uh before we get into that was that's my dog let's take a little break and hear from geek girl soup the m city podcast let's go back to oz not the place at the end of the yellow brick road the oswald state correctional facility join susan amelia and chris as they watch the groundbreaking hbo original series oz Whether this is your first time through or you've seen it all before, listen to the trio from Geek Girl Soup talk through their journey inside the glass walls of Cell Block 5, also known as M-City. Geek Girl Soup presents the M-City Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. And that was a promo for the M-City Podcast. Check them out. Oz was a good show. 
very, very frightening, very, very controversial, just like this episode. So let's get into open mm. casket viewing and a synopsis from Moira. Alrighty, here we go. Season four, episode five. That's my dog. A hitchhiker takes David on a journey he'll never forget. Nate doesn't click with a bereavement group. Ruth's attempt to play matchmaker doesn't sit well with George. Brenda and her mom go back to school. An unfavorable class critique of her self-portraits eats away at Claire. Sophia reaches out to Rico while he's on the job. Written by Scott Buck and directed by Alan Poole. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) It's funny, as I'm reading that, I'm thinking... By the time I finished watching this episode, I'd pretty much forgotten everything that happened in the first half of it. <laughs> Which is why we're probably yeah, not going to spend too much time on it. <laughs> I don't think. I, yeah. Um, any opening thoughts, guys? Yeah, I just want to let you know I wrote down one, two, three, four things. <laughs> That's all I had for notes. <laughs> so lengthy discussion probably won't be too much from me. Oh, we always expect the knee jerk from you. Oh, you're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Myra, any anything you want to say before we get into it? No, no, I think I want Let's just do it. All right, all right. I like to hear that. Okay. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> um, so Lou and Annie Thornton are celebrating their anniversary in... You mean Stan Larson. <laughs> <laughs> or that cop from Angel. <laughs> I don't remember him on Angel. Uh, he was well. We're talking about Brent Sexton, and yeah, uh, yeah he uh, he was on the episode "I Fall to Pieces." Uh, Redemption cast fans, and he was the cop that like busted in, um, and was pretty much ineffectual <laughs> against anything. Because mm-hmm. Angel is, of course, oh, the hero. I don't even. I didn't even recognize him. I recognized him here, but yeah. Yeah, from too. the other show, not from. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, killing. Mm-hmm. Ah, so uh, there's a super moon uh, in this uh, beginning of this episode. As uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, because uh, Skylar was like walking around. Yeah, you know, she was like, like looking to see what was going. On. I was like, don't look. Sex in a hot tub, right? And she's like. And walked off, and then he started you know, running towards the house. I was like, "Oh my God, Skyler, naked, saggy old guy!" But <laughs> she didn't come back. <laughs> so we got the usual six feet under fake out, you know. Yes, I even wrote that. The usual misdirection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to be something in the house from the the way they did the shot, mm-hmm. where you could mm-hmm. see the house in the background like that. You know, yeah. I thought maybe there was going to be someone in the house while they were in the hot tub, but I guess not. It was after. There's a commentary from Alan Poole uh, for this episode, of course, and uh, he did say that uh, Brent Sexton was very brave for doing the full nude running towards that. It wasn't exactly the most flattering shot. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but you know what? I was okay with it. Really, I was. You know, yeah. I don't get to see naked man, but very often I'll take what I can get these days. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> 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 All right, in the next scene, we have Keith uh, getting ready to go on the road with Celeste for three months. Um, and David and oh, Keith established long? some rules. What were you going to say? I, I, I didn't catch how long it was. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I, I, like, I knew they'd said it, but... 
I thought it was three weeks. No, oh, three God. months. Three months? No wonder David was getting so freaked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're really kind of establishing here David's, uh, you know, insecurity and, you know, vulnerability and just him, his whole... David acting like a needy little girl. <laughs> yes. Uh, with this low self-esteem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I'd probably be the well, same three way. three months is a long time. <laughs> yeah, long exactly. Time. Yeah, but uh, he was just acting so clingy, ridiculously so. Like, uh, it was just very unattractive. <laughs> Well, not to Heath. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they had some rules about, uh, you know, hey, a little random hookup's okay, but, you know, no blowjobs without condoms, no kissing, not more than one time. So uh, we'll, we're, we see their relationship is evolving? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, and then, hmm. um, and Skylar came back in the room, right, while they were talking, and she's like, She's like, oh, are they together? And I was like, yeah. She said, oh, they're cute. And then she's like, hey, is that Dexter? (laughs) And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh. Where has she been? (laughs) Did she realize what podcast you're on? (laughs) Yes, but she's never seen anything of the show. And also, she doesn't even watch Dexter. So, you know, the fact she knew that was pretty impressive. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In the Fisher Kitchen, uh, Little cute baby Maya uh, gets a little oatmeal on Claire's photos, and she's kind of that freaking was, out about that. That was the best angle of Maya, the back of her head, because you didn't have to see her little rat face. <gasps> I kept that thinking thing. it wasn't a real kid, that it was a doll or something, because the way he was holding her looked so awkward. <laughs> no, she's <laughs> she such a snuggle bunny. Oh, she didn't look like she wanted to be there. It looked like he was like physically holding her there. No. <laughs> I felt bad for the poor kid. And then I'm, I was thinking the whole time, I'm like, okay, so this little child, you know, actress, I guess you could say, even though it's a child, it's not much of an actress, but they Thank get the child. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the child's not learning lines and, you know, learning to emote or anything like that. They just say, this is what you do. You know, they, and they do it, right? But, okay, so this child's on set. How how long are they on set? They're probably on set, you know, quite a bit. They they form a, an, a, like, an attachment, I'm assuming, to the person who plays their parent on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Peter Krause, um, I'm assuming that they spend a lot of time off camera together, too. Otherwise, you know, she probably wouldn't be so willing to be held by him all the time mm-hmm. you know that they would probably have to but then when the show's over does this poor child have to you know can get completely abandoned by these actors <laughs> i don't know if it's that bonding and exercise i get the impression that the time they're allowed on set's pretty limited it's like a, maybe a half an hour an hour at a time yeah. I think they have to get their shots pretty quickly so yeah we, yeah, we were talking about like, that during the whole uh my uh walking around cute with Claire scene that yeah. it was a very limited time they had with her, with her. So, but there, okay. She's in every episode basically. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's on set often enough, you know, I mean, it might just be a few hours a week, but she's, you know, being constantly held, but he holds her a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and Lisa, remember, Lisa these are... held her a lot too. And then, you know, this person who's always holding holding you, and then all of a sudden they're gone. That must be sad for a baby, you know? Yeah, remember, babies it's two babies, a... actually, in real life. Yeah, it's two babies and the parents are around, so I don't know. Yeah, I think mom mom or dad or nanny are sitting right up off, off, 
you know, stage yeah. off camera. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Nate gives Claire some nice advice here. Tells her to, he should, she should sell out before her life blows up in her face. He's just Mr. Happy, isn't he? <laughs> Oh, but I, he's asshole again. God. But I think you know he catches himself here, so I think that's a little bit of a crush, and he's real. He realizes <laughs> he's kind of being an ass, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's what brings on this whole discussion between him and Ruth about what he should do to get past this. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, she gives him a, a brochure for um, a bereavement group. So. Um, in the intake room, um, we have Lou, uh, being trying, just trying to make sense of things to, uh, David and Rico and he's, um, and he's kind of punishing himself because he's the one who got his wife drunk. He dragged her out to this hot tub, blah, blah, blah. And he's wondering why God is punishing him. And, uh, Rico, uh, says that God doesn't do that. And David is silent, but. David might be wondering this later. <laughs> I'm thinking. Um, okay, so we're at a, uh, I guess, a fabric store. Uh, looks like yeah, Ruth looks is like, regular. Yeah, that's yeah. what it looks like. Ruth is, uh, I guess, has chatted up uh, Becky enough that she's okay with setting her up with uh, the man she met for, like, what, like a couple hours? <laughs> <laughs> The man she met for a couple hours who has all kinds of neurotic anxiety problems yeah. and, and lives in a, in a motel or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, he's a prize, Ruth. Well, did you guys, did you, did you like how uh, uh, the reason why she immediately was like, oh, I have the perfect match for you. <laughs> did, did you, you guys catch that or remember it? No. The what? Well, she said something about sending a flaming bag of poop on like yes. her yes. boyfriend's yes. doorstep or something like that. I forget. Yeah, yeah the the married man she was obviously having an affair <laughs> <Yes>. with. <laughs> yeah. So apparently she's not too big on, you know, scruples, so <laughs> why not? <laughs> oh, I know someone else who likes delivering poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ruth. <laughs> um, so we go to Claire's art class, and these we see these self-portraits that Claire has taken of herself. Can I make a comment yes. about art class? Okay. Um. Dr. Han is so much less douchey than Olivier. That's, I didn't even catch uh, her name. That's her name? Well, that's... No, that's her name on... Um, <laughs> no, that's on her name Anatomy. Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's Brooke something is her real name. Yeah. I can't remember what, well, I was wondering what the character's but, yeah. name was, but it's just Brooke teacher Smith, to yes. me. Yeah, I have no idea what her name is in the, on the show, but she is, you know, so much... Less douchey, and I really appreciate that a lot. <laughs> you know, Alan Poole actually said on the commentary, and was just kind of like drawing this kind of line through through it, and said that um, what I've totally forgot about was this actress was the um, the senator's daughter that Buffalo Bill captures in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but with like longer hair, you know, and younger, obviously. Wow. Oh. Cool. So he's like, and that's another tale of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, these these pictures. Um. The class kind of takes them apart a bit, and there's this uh, new girl, Ellie, um, saying that Claire looks dead. 
Um, and the teacher... <laughs> and she likes it. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the pictures were quite striking. Mm. The, the first one they show with Clara kind of hugging her knees, she really does look lost and vacant and well she looks beautiful too but she She, does look um she's a she's a very photogenic girl definitely Mm -hmm. i like them well but it's interesting because you know it's probably pointing to the idea that claire is um i don't think that's saying she's an empty vessel i don't agree with that Mm -hmm. but um the idea that she is adrift and you know, kind of lost. And dear knows, I don't like the new Claire, so I don't know what she wants to fill herself up with, but I hope she finds something less selfish and more interesting than what we've been seeing lately. Yeah. When I looked at those pictures, I just, uh, to me, she looked uh, vulnerable, you know, young and, and, you know. Yeah, there's one like, where she looks really young, mm-hmm. really yeah. childlike. Um, she that's, yeah, she yeah. reminded me, you know, naive and young and vulnerable and just, needed to be taken care of when mm. I looked at those pictures. I thought she looked like an angel. <laughs> <laughs> she did look like an angel. She's a very beautiful girl. Uh, so we get a, just another little uh, page in Claire's um, journey here. Um, we get a very quick scene where uh, gum-chewing and stoned uh, Sophia comes into uh, the Fisher family home for the first time. And Ruth wait, hold first. Oh, wait, a little tiny comment. Just my little quirk. Who sweeps stairs that have carpets on them? <laughs> Who does that? Only Ruth. <laughs> it's it's such. Maybe uh, Ruth easier to drag in the vacuum. Up wow. There. It's just get a dust that bus. struck me. Sorry. Okay, continue. <laughs> well, she's I, I old agree. school. I thought it was very, um, <laughs> very fussy. Here, you know, but yeah, yes, a little over the top. So we have the beginning of David's journey here. He's on the road and, uh, yeah, he's still kind of insecure when Keith calls him and he's reminding him to pay the cable bill. And David's like, Oh, you know, we, we left things. So, you know, up in the air or whatever. I was really, you know, glad we got to talk. And he's like, and David's uh, Keith's all like, Oh, I'm having sushi. You know, I'm going to watch a movie. And (laughs) Kind of blowing him off, really. He doesn't want to discuss it. Certainly not in front of all of his little boyfriends. Yeah. Well, (laughs) as as he shouldn't have to, anyways, at the moment. He's, you know, Mm -hmm. surrounded by people at work, basically. You know, I mean, it may be off time, but he has no privacy. It's not the time for that kind of a conversation, anyways. Mm -hmm. Should be having it later on when he checks into his hotel or whatever. Later. Right, when he's alone, you know, and he can devote his full attention to him. And we're back to Hurricane Sophia. Um, oh my God! Somebody <laughs> kill her off, please. <laughs> so, she is the worst. So Rico, I even find oh, it comical the difference in height between her and Rico. Yes, it really I, is apparent yes, in this episode, isn't it? It's so obvious. I, I yes, I was sitting there saying that I was like, "Wow, she is so much taller than him." And then Nate walks into the room, and I was like, "Holy crap, Rico's short!" Steeny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, she's he all. Gets, he's so busted, man. Yeah. He gets so busted. <laughs> yeah, I get it over with and done, and not have to see her ever again, please. Mm. But it was funny watching Nate just say, I don't care, Rico. Yeah, smirky <laughs> Nate. <laughs> I do. 
Uh, and the way she kisses, I, she kisses him on the cheek, you know, and I, I was cringing for him because yeah. he can't pretend yeah. that that was completely innocent, Rico. I love he how, like... definitely going to get rid of her. She is not <laughs> going to let this go because she is enjoying this, and he is going to have to kill her to get rid of her <laughs> because she will blackmail him, I'm sure. She's that type of woman who will blackmail him when he wants to break up, and I'm going to tell your wife and blah, blah, blah. I can see it. I'm just laughing because Des, your solution is always to kill them off. Let's blow up, let's blow up the Diaz family. Yeah. Look, in all, seriousness, in all seriousness, I really feel like she's one of those women who will just not let it go. She's a, she'll be a Glenn Close kind of, you know. Yeah. Or she'll, yeah, she'll feel the need kind to of. contact Vanessa. Right, exactly. If yeah. she can't have him, she's going to make his life miserable. Well, Rico um, better know, talk to George. Of course, Rico <laughs> probably would not kill her. But, you know, I'm saying that's the kind of woman you have to kill <laughs> to get out of your life. Somebody <laughs> please get an audio clip of that and <laughs> just, you know, we need to play that back like in the future. Look. Des, <laughs> Des okay, theorizing bitch, on the women that actually need to be killed. <laughs> bitches be loco, okay? Sometimes you gotta you gotta kill a bitch to, you know, get out of the situation. Wow. <laughs> Not a big say it. Wow. Wow. On TV, you mean, right? On TV. On TV. Yes, on TV, of course. Characters. Yes. <laughs> Glad we had that little clarification mm. there, Daz. <laughs> don't, don't look in my backyard, yes. <laughs> Scuffs her toe the over the fresh pile of dirt. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, if you ever... If... If you ever want to rewatch this episode, which, which I think I'm the only one who might have watched it three times in one week to get prepared, um, Alan Poole does point out something in the commentary in the scene, which is really funny if you if you actually are, are looking for it, is um, when Nate comes in and Sophia gives gives uh, Rico a kiss and leaves. Um, the actor actually sits there for like a long moment, and then he says to Nate, "It's not what you think." So. It, he kind of drew it out and the camera stayed on him long enough that they had to do something um, in order to cut that down. So what they did was that he was standing still enough that they actually speed up the film. So if you're watching for it, you can see him like kind of like just ever so slightly like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's pretty neat. And, and uh, actually it's even something to watch out um, for in the future because uh they, Alan Poole said that they do it. I don't know if he said often, but you know, it's one of those quick fixes that they can get away with. Hmm. Um, David passes a hitchhiker on his. Oh my drive. God, Michael Weston! I love Michael Weston. <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited. <laughs> um, and when he passes him, uh, he's. He throws up the peace sign, and David is completely worn out, won over by this. Uh, he stops. Oh, I think that David only stopped because he's um, such a insecure baby because Keith's gone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think he would. You know, if Keith was still in town, I don't think he would have stopped at all. I I I I, I agree with the second part. 
<laughs> um, I, I personally you think, think that, uh, <laughs> I, I personally think David was like, he's gone. He's obviously does. He obviously isn't, um, uh, as concerned about him as he'd like him to be. And well, I, you know what? I can hook up. I, I've got permission to hook up with people. I think, uh, Perhaps I'll have myself a little adventure. You know, I'll pick up mm-hmm. this uh, cute-looking guy who flashed me yeah. the peace sign. Well, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. but to me, it didn't feel like he was saying, oh, oh I can have some fun now. Case off having fun. To me, it was more like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm so lonely. Oh, my God, I'm all alone. I need mm-hmm. somebody. You know what I mean? So more That's of a lonely like thing. Yeah, more of a desperation. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Oh, I, I didn't just, get as much... Sad desperation out of it as maybe payback or like, Oh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I want to do too then. Right. You know, that's like, just been me though, because that's what hmm. I saw, <laughs> especially like with the little things he imagines, you know, coming up, it would just felt like, okay, <laughs> calm down. You know, <laughs> your boyfriend's been gone a few hours. He's in, it's, it hasn't been three months yet. Chill out. You'll survive. Um, so, yeah, let me just uh, tell you guys a little bit about uh, Michael Weston, and um, I love him so much. Um, it's funny he plays a uh, role on House a few years later, yes. and because of this episode, I could never be like all about like, oh, he's a cool guy. <laughs> uh, see, I'm like, glad. I'm glad I didn't see this first because on everything else, he plays like the nice guy. Charming, you know, just kind of a little goofy <laughs> and just, you know, a good guy. But um, it was it was nice to see him in a very different role. Mm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I always picture him as a nice guy because of like House and other shows he's been on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Alan Poole uh, talked a bit about this, so I'll just share this with you. And I apologize to people who listen to the commentary or bored by my by me rambling on, but these guys haven't. So, <laughs> um, uh, so first off, the casting process. Um, they auditioned. Um, he said he went through like fifteen or twenty. I think he said um, different people, different guys. And were re- they were really th- thinking about doing like you know super studly like um, you know like stripper guy kind of looking like just like buff and like hot and whatever and they felt that um, as soon as he approaches that van window you're immediately kind of threatened by him just because he's kind of bigger or whatever, you know, and Michael Weston, when he auditioned, he brought kind of a, uh, um, goofy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, very goofy and almost more awkward yeah. or, you know, yes. uh, but you know what? The moment he opened his mouth and started talking about, you know, his car ran out of the gas and he had to get to his grandmother. I did not believe a word he said. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I, okay. me either. I wrote down, no, this guy seems creepy. The grandmother line. Cause it's like when the guy comes up to you and says he lost his dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same yeah. line only. Yeah. So right away yes. I was on guard too. So, um, right. The... Which I would normally wouldn't be because when I see Michael Weston, I never think bad guy at all. Mm. Well, and the other thing I'll share with you about it is that, um, you know, this is obviously like huge, uh, to work through for both actors. And, uh, apparently Alan Poole, like pretty much like 
took them away for like and had them like working at his house for like four days just running through everything over and over again and just trying to work out where each of the characters are at in each of the scenes and uh, i think you know if you don't like this episode at all at, at the end of it you, you can definitely be behind you know the acting i think but um Anyway, let's just move along and we'll talk more about it as we get through it. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so Jake needs a lift to the gas station. His grandmother, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay. So, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're with the lovely Chenoweths. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yes, Margaret and Brenda. <laughs> Mar- 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 I just laughed oh. because I wrote down. I just wrote down. Vaginal reconstruction surgery. Yeah. Oh my god, that's I don't. Oh my god, that's crazy. You know what? They really do go back to shape. <laughs> um, she, oh, anyways, um, she was almost, almost being supportive for her. Mm. She was trying to be, which I thought was kind of sweet. But she can't it, get her own like opinions out of the way. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's. Is the problem, mm. <laughs> but she was better than usual. You know, uh, she was less bitchy than usual. Yeah, she was less caustic than usual. I agree. I do like the way, like it's been in a couple of episodes so far, where her and Brenda get on this, uh, you know, argument about what is the best kind of psychology to to study, like this cognitive or like really feeling it. And uh, it seems that Margaret's not a fan of thinking. <laughs> This is a fan of really thinking and getting really emotional. And Brenda seems to be really trying to resist that. <laughs> um, yeah. I was surprised when um, uh, Brenda says she really wants to have babies with Joe. I wrote down, really? Mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised at all. I was. But she won't because she'll have babies with Nate. <laughs> well, I, I was surprised because she... Uh, says this is, you know, the healthiest relationship she's probably ever had, but she's been so damaged and she's still so new at being healthy that you would think she'd be terrified to even contemplate having babies with anybody. See, see, that's why I wasn't surprised because it is the healthiest relationship she's ever had. So just because it's the first healthy one that comes along, she's going to jump right in, feet first and, you know... when she probably shouldn't necessarily do that and again margaret brings her way of thinking into this like as soon as they talk she starts talking about the sex life and how it's like you know it's creative and they try different things and margaret's like no it's too much thinking involved you have to really you have to really feel it you just it's got to be passion or whatever i don't know which exactly she says but but yeah, um, the glass of water joke was really funny. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, well, if that's what she's like. No wonder she needs that surgery. <laughs> and by the way, Moira, you, uh, you got it wrong before, and um, you might want to uh, look this up and perhaps go into the field later in life. Uh, the it's, it's called rejuvenation, rejuven- yes. vaginal rejuvenation. Yes. I saw that, after. which is just. <laughs> so funny it's like a spa for your vagina now that's one of the four things i wrote down the other two of the other ones were stan larson and michael weston (laughs) and then i have one more thing which is my rating system well that's great because (laughs) uh you know i'm hoping it was less 
you didn't feel like taking notes and more like the episode really held your attention. <laughs> but no, <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to, uh, I had nothing to write down. Well, you didn't want to think about it. You just wanted to feel it. I understand. <laughs> no, <laughs> I certainly didn't want to. Uh... All right. All right. Uh, so yeah, we also hear that, um, uh, Brenda's teacher has an unusually shiny penis. Um, and the water beads up on it. Um, yeah. What does that even mean? I don't know. It's a strange image though. Mm. Yes. It's I like, I imagine like, image. like twilight, you know, like all sparkly, sparkly. in the sun. Sparkly. Yeah. Oi. Oh, what's that? What's that? I have no idea. It's just my, it's Moira. Sorry. That was me. No, that was oh, me. Are you? Oh, okay. It was... Shame on you. What happened there? Okay. So, um, yeah, Nate is at the Braveman Group, and we see it's full of old Good people. Good for you, Nate. And uh, they have so many memories with their loved one that they lost, and Nate is just not liking it. He's so you know, out of place. So you know, place. there are, I'm sure, in Los Angeles, millions of bereavement groups. And I'm sure he can find one that's not just all old ladies who have been married their whole life. You know yeah. what I mean? He should look for one that has people his age with, you know, a mix of people who haven't been married that long or, you know, have been married a little while or whatever. Well, hopefully he won't be uh, too discouraged about this because, uh, you know, this is something he was, it was given to him by Ruth. So obviously she fit in there just fine. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're back, we're at the gas station with uh, David and Jake. And Jake says the ATM machine's down. They need to get to another ATM machine. Right. See, and this is what I'm thinking. Oh, I think he's going to rob him. (laughs) I thought he was going to steal the van. I thought David would go in and come out and that van would be gone. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like he, I thought he was going to take his money and car back him basically Mm -hmm. something like that. Because there was a body in the back. And so that's why I thought he would take the car for sure. (laughs) Get a nice surprise. (laughs) Well, I mean, Alan Poole was talking about this, uh, you know, just at, at walking through the episode. And uh, it was really funny because he was just kind of ignoring the other scenes and continuing to talk about <laughs> David and Jake. But uh, and he was like, I hope you, nobody minds. But <laughs> but um, well, after like uh, a little bit long more into it and the whole damn show mm-hmm. ignores the rest of it. Yep. Yes, it Good. does. Yeah. Which is what's kind of annoying. <laughs> it was annoying. It was so long. This was the world's longest episode. I kept looking at the (laughs) clock saying, oh, my God, I still have 15 minutes. Oh, my God, I still have, you know, half an hour. (laughs) Yeah. Myra? (laughs) Let's wait till we get there. Okay. (laughs) But anyway. I I just want to get through all the extraneous stuff and get to the. Well, in the commentary, uh, um, uh, Alan Poole does say that, you know, you see in the scene that David's not completely just. Oh really? Is the ATMs down? Blah blah. He's just like okay. He's playing a little game. He's kind of like a lovable little, you know, con yes. artist. You know, but he's he's too fixated on 
have the guy blow him <laughs> to really pay attention, I think. Is it all about the oral sex, huh? Apparently. <laughs> I mean, it, when they get back in the car and then he has like a little fantasy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we go to uh, Ruth telling George about the whole dinner fix-up between Kyle and Becky. George says she's meddling. Okay. Now, I'm sure Brad will agree with me when I say that cutting your food with the knife that was in your dirty-ass pocket (laughs) is the grossest thing ever. He should be... um, Denounced and rejected for it. I think it sounded delightful. I just like a big old crusty oh. hunk of bread and a you know and cheese. And... He's cutting yeah. his food. He's cutting if you're his food with... camping, you do that. Yeah. And, no, I would, not, I would not do that. He cuts his food up and then he puts it back in his pocket when he walks off. He doesn't even wash the damn thing. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's to keep so its flavor. Gross. It's like having oh a favorite God. cast iron skillet. <laughs> Just oh, keeps oh my taste. god. I don't have a cast iron skillet. <laughs> uh, but it grosses me out big time. I mean, ugh. Why, what giant horde of bacteria are in this pocket that are making you afeard? <laughs> well, it's not just that. It's just the fact that not washing it afterwards, that grosses me out big well, time. Well, the afterward, that makes more sense. That that's gross. Well, but the I'm beforehand? Thinking- meh. Was it, wasn't uh, it a was, switchblade knife? Like, wasn't it, you know, didn't he close it and then open it? A little pocket knife, yeah. But yeah. you know what? You put it in your pocket, you got dirt <laughs> in your pocket, lint in your pocket, it gets into little cracks, and then you got... Mm, and what's the dirt going to do? What, what's it going to give you? It's going to gross you out. <laughs> you know, he might, give, he might give it a healthy wipe with his fingers when he opens it, you know? He's, not, he's not totally... A... <laughs> I'm sorry, but I like my eating utensils to be clean when I use them. Um, All right. So George and Ruth get bicker a little bit about it. And uh, George leaves the room saying, I'm very disappointed in you, Ruth. Mm. I agree with you, Moira. (laughs) Yeah. It's once again, he's just being condescending and. He's always got to yeah. be right. No one else ever knows anything. And blah, 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 blah. I can't stand him. We have, uh, let's just get the rest of this out of the way real quick because it's just two quick scenes with Nate that are broken up with this uh, Jake and David scene. So let's just, Nate speaks up, starts opening up about his life, and then the fire alarm goes off. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a fire alarm. <laughs> I had a flashback. To Raleigh and how we almost lost Moira in the fire. <laughs> it was so it was so traumatic. traumatic. I'm telling yes. you. <laughs> Poor Moira. She nearly could have been died naked out there in that parking lot. I'm telling you. <sighs> we were hoping. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we have you know, a scene later, he's they're outside. I, I, I still smell smoke. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Just be a curly-headed, widowed black lady. It's like (laughs) it's really fun. It's I just feel bad for Nate here. It was just like I'm just okay. I'm gonna open up, and yeah, there's a little bit of the ego involved where it's like okay, now I can be center of attention right now and tell my story. But also, he's just like, all right, let me just talk it out, and maybe these these people who are you know older and wiser than me will have something you know useful to help me out with. 
So he starts laying it all out, and then the fire alarm. And, uh, you know, nobody nobody's approaching him outside. He's standing there by himself, you know. And none of them said a word of support no. even partway through. And dear knows he left enough pauses for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 sort of... Yeah, I felt badly for him. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to find a better support group. Mm-hmm. He one, does, you know, one that he fits into more. But I think he'll have done this once, and he'll just give up. I agree with you completely. Yes, which is I think bad. he's done. So Nate walks off into the darkness, and we get more darkness. Okay, so <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is why. Uh, I called this the hush of six feet under because it's really scary. <laughs> but what, uh, wait, I don't remember the scary part. What was scary? You didn't. You didn't feel frightened. For what? For David. What part? No. No. <laughs> no. Oh my god! Really? Oh. Uh-huh. I did not. I just felt like well, he pro- mm-hmm. he may he should have done things a little differently. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I really didn't. Okay, all right, we'll get we'll get it. All right, care. so, <clears throat> um, yeah, Jake, um, thanks David for the gas. They're in the van, and um, he comes out and asks him if he's gay. And when David admits it, he's like, "Oh yeah, I was hoping you were." And then starts begging to be the guy on the side. Right. And that's when I wrote down "guy on the side." What? And then I wrote <laughs> yes. fantasy again with the fantasy. Yes. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, that's he's almost as pathetic as David." <laughs> yes. He's begging to be his lover and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, that was really sad. But apparently not. Yeah, David comes back to reality. Um, And uh, in the next scene, we have uh, Jake explaining that his uh, dad was in the Navy and they moved around a lot. And that he was always the new kid. And, you know, he's, you know, real wounded or whatever, you know. And then there goes there goes David trying to hint that he's gay and he wants him to blow him. <sighs> so annoying. I'm sorry. It was so, it was bugging me so much. I could tell. He was very pathetic. <laughs> Moira? Yeah. I, that's not, yeah, I don't feel the same way at all. Yeah, I don't feel the same way at all uh, either. But, you I don't know, feel the same way at all. I, gonna... I feel like um, David was just trying to be. His empathetic self and, uh, you know, chatting with this guy and finding out about him. And um, when he's talking about being in the Navy, I don't, you know, I don't think at that point that David was seriously still stuck on, oh, I hope this guy's gay and he's going to blow me. I really don't. Okay. I, think I think he was just, you know, being David. Um, mm-hmm. And he he's was, naive. He's naive. He was saying stuff hinting basically you know that he was that he's different that he's you know yeah you know like and looking at the guy giving him furtive glances like hoping he'd pick up and say why what do you mean you're not gay are you yeah and in that scene he does that that doesn't happen again after this no it happens twice in that one scene though Mm -hmm. and it was just that combined with the little fantasy and, you know, just... Okay, now I see what you're referring to. I mean, when I saw that, I remember thinking, David, don't don't flirt with this guy. You don't even know that he's gay. You don't know anything about him. He could actually be a... What I actually thought is that he might have been a gay basher mm-hmm. who was hunting for a gay man just to beat him up. That's mm-hmm. actually what I was thinking at that point. Yeah. I, I, I still didn't realize he was a psychopath. I still didn't know I, that yet. Yeah, I just thought he was a standard, you know carjacker kind of 
con man kind of you know what i mean at this point see i I wasn't sure what he was but i but i did but i I hear what you're saying that does like i did think to myself david don't flirt with this guy you don't know him just you know right yeah Um, he was just basically like fishing you know what i mean fishing Mm -hmm. and to me it was just the fact that keith just left and he's already desperately out there fishing just really got on my nerves a lot. And it made me think very little of him because that just to me was really desperate and needy. And, and I just... took it more like he was trying to tell himself that he could be empowered to be flirty if he wanted to be. Mm. You know, like I took it a bit differently. But anyway. So um, they get out of the store where the, the ATM machine is. <laughs> Um, and by now it's like dark, right? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's yeah they've been like driving that was, around that was, all day. I thought, this is L.A. How far do you have to go to find another ATM? That did seem kind of odd. David even says that in the episode. But again, I think he's looking to he's, – he's okay at this point to be taken on a ride. He wants to – you know, he might be a little bit lonely like, like, like Des yeah. was saying originally. And, and uh, um, you know, looking Something. for a little adventure. Um, mm. But uh, with uh, one punch – uh, David, oh my David and Jake's uh, <laughs> little adventure is taken over the entire episode. And then pulled out the gun and I giggled and I said, oh my God, Michael Weston's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love me a good psychopath. <laughs> okay. I am not kidding. <laughs> he was awesome. So maybe, maybe you were looking, you're, you're happy that this episode took this, uh, what dark turn dark turn no i am not at all i thought the whole thing was a bit ridiculous but at least michael weston was good in it <laughs> um alan pool actually there's a good new yorker article i'm gonna probably um link in the, the facebook group after this episode is released um he got a couple of quotes from there and he says the genesis was wouldn't it be great to do a departure where one storyline fundamentally hijacks <laughs> that's funny i use that word the episode mm-hmm. midway and we never really return to what everyone else is doing and have that be a pivotal and- event that the rest of the season would hinge off of mm-hmm. oh no oh are you fucking kidding me oh I hate this show so much sometimes (laughs) and I feel like it hijacked and it was ridiculous and it was very um, Friday Night Lights. What season was that? You know what I'm talking about, right, Robin? The most ridiculous bullshit and then we have to hear more about it and it's just like so out of character for the show. You seem surprised by this. You seem surprised. I was hoping it'd be over and done and we wouldn't have to you know deal with it anymore because it's so dumb oh my dear apparently (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be like lisa all over again just won't go away right it's you you don't lose your wife without mourning and grieving and you don't get taken out of a horrible carjacking ride Without like, you don't lose your wife without grieving, no problem. But it is a TV show, and you can go later in time between episodes, so we don't have to watch it <laughs> miserably for you know months and months, and just dwell and dwell and dwell. You know, we're the audience; we don't need to dwell on that shit. I do. I, I need understand. to. I need to see these characters uh, experience these things. I need to see them heal. I, that brings me closer to them. See, not me. It just irks me, and I don't want to watch it. 
because it's boring and I know the, that they have to get through this shit, but I don't want to dwell on it. I, it doesn't make me happy. It does. I don't enjoy it. It just annoys me. <laughs> All right. Moira. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Wow. When I watched uh, David go through all that he goes through with this guy, and you know, at every turn you just keep hoping he's going to get free or get away from him or something. Um, I found it really quite harrowing to watch because I was identifying with how he would be feeling, be feeling and how scared he would be and how he's wondering if he's going to survive the night and all of that stuff. And so... I didn't feel the same way at all, that it was dumb and ridiculous. I felt like it took me into a place that was uh, really hard to watch and really sad. Um, and I can't imagine how the character could go through that experience and not come out of it the other side different. You'd have That's to. That's fine. Not different, but don't dwell on the shit. I don't want to see reliving, reliving, reliving for the rest of the season. Also, you know, sh- oh, damn it. I just had something else I was going to say that you you said, and now I can't think of it. Um, the, um, oh, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, it was harrowing for David and I think, okay, it felt like a different show to me. It didn't feel like it worked in the show Hmm. that's the biggest problem i have it felt so out of character to me for this show and that's one reason i couldn't get behind this Hmm. and um you know it really did um evoke some very strong feelings on both sides of that Mm -hmm. argument um when it first came out um um like i said i'm gonna post that new yorker article Everybody's probably already read it by the time this podcast comes out, but um, it, it really did. People were really upset about this this episode and what it like what it did to this character and what um, you know that that the the producers were just trying to like try something that was just do something really horrible to the character to I don't know evoke a reaction or whatever and <laughs> and it's also like. You know, the other side is, you know, this is, uh, this is just an experience and they've gone through lots of different experiences. And, um, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I was upset by this as well. I was really upset by this when I first saw it. I was like, oh my God. And I couldn't believe I'd had to watch it over again, quite honestly, but it wasn't because I was like, oh man, (laughs) it was more like, oh, that was really, it's kind of like a. I don't know. I I still find it. It's really good. It's really good. I also think the portrayal, the Michael Weston's portrayal Mm -hmm. of uh, Jake is just so good. I mean, I I was really um, drawn into how well he portrays a really psychopathic guy. Mm -hmm. You know, the way his mood can switch in an instant, the way David would feel like he'd have to be walking on eggshells around this guy, not knowing what's going to set him off. There was just so much in that that seemed really... Believable to me, actually. I agree because I thought he saved the episode for me. Because if it wasn't, if it was somebody else, you know, no, you know, no one I cared about, then I probably wouldn't like. He was just brilliant, and he was just, you know, brilliant to watch, and and I could really admire it for that. Yeah. Um, 
if when we get to the very end, I, I think that's where I think it got, I don't know, maybe a little over the top or maybe not because the guy's a crazy psychopath. But Oops. yeah, I, I found it, I found it very, uh, it wasn't, I was not watching my watch wondering when it was going to end. I was glued to the screen wondering what was going to happen. I was actually thinking, David's a main character. There's no way they're really going to kill him, mm-hmm. but maybe they're going to maim him. Maybe something horrible is going to happen. Like I was really wondering what they were going to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it had me drawn right in. I, um, I want my TV to entertain me and it's not entertaining when I have to watch characters mope around and (laughs) dwell on shit for like 20 episodes. That's, you know, I mean, that's just my, my biggest problem with this show so far is that it's so far. It's almost over. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) After season one, it's been a fucking downer (laughs) and it's just, I, I'm not enjoying that at all. And I keep hoping that it's going to be less of a uh, emo show. And so far, (laughs) no, it's not. The musical is right around the corner. (laughs) God, if only. I don't know if we really want to go through this scene by scene, eh? Like, I think it's kind of hard. Yeah, it's kind of hard. It it is. It's just painful. Yeah. Uh, The point where you know where David has uh, when he um, bursts open the back of the van after he unties himself, and he and then the guy's lying on the ground. My thinking there was, okay, he's on the ground. Grab the gun. Like, grab your keys. Do something. You know. I wish he had just run yes. off at that point. Um, or and- make a phone call instead of just sitting there, you know, like a, like a, you know, sitting duck waiting for him to come grab you again. Or keep running, you know? like run yes. further, you know. Yes. So many well, things you should have done. Yeah. Yeah. That it's another thing. Uh, I, keep, I keep invoking Alan pool, but um, you know, it's just, you know, when you're in that circumstance, you might not think like Jack Bauer, <laughs> you know, which is true. You, that is true. You might, you might be scared. You might be frozen. I know, but it was still, uh, would he had, would he enough presence of mind to get himself untied mm-hmm. and burst open that door, which I thought was pretty gutsy because yeah. you never knew when the guy yeah. was coming back. Like I, I, I had respect for that. You know, I thought, wow, way to go, David. Right. But then when he doesn't then pounce on it, and and take away the gun and run or something. I don't know what I wanted right. to do. Just something Anything. more constructive. Run toward the light, yeah. David. <laughs> well, I don't know. He was just I scared like... to death and he wanted to get away. I, I think. I know. You know? I felt like everything after that was his own fault because he had so many more options of things he could do to get himself out of that situation. And he No, didn't... you can't honestly say it's his own fault. That's like saying when a woman gets you raped. Know it's what his I own mean. Fault. Come on. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, you know, you could have been out of the situation, dummy. That's how I felt. Oh, yeah. I, well, and and then later, like, so there's the, yeah, there's the tying up scene. He gets out of that. And at that point, again, my gut is twisting because I don't know what this guy's going to do. I'm not mm-hmm. really quite sure what he's going to do because I figure that he is a homophobe and I was picturing him doing bad things to David. Mm-hmm. So then later when, uh, you know, when he captures him and the police car is, is there and David can't say anything, it's just... It just takes you to a place that he's so uh, dehumanized. It's just awful. Yeah, it's hard. It was Every, just painful to watch. When he's this. when he's on top of him behind that truck, grinding yeah, his cool. face into the ground, asking him to telling him to say he's sorry. Yeah, that's that's. It's just there's so many things about that that are so twisted and. Uh, I don't have the right every, words. Every, every time, it's every sadistic. Time, every time Michael Weston pulled out the gun and 
put it in his face. I just giggled. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Don't listen to me because I'm siding with the psychopath. <laughs> he was just so awesome, though. He was awesome. Uh, Come on. The actor might have been awesome. The portrayal of the character might have been awesome. But that guy, that the character itself, not awesome. <laughs> he, I, he, I don't know. That character seems like he would be fun to hang out with. Really? Oh, for God's sake, get out of here. No, I'm just not kidding. fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> would, cut you, would cut you the second you looked at him funny. Oh, my God. The actor was great. That's what I was saying. Every time he like put the gun, I giggled because it was Uncle Weston, you know, and he's like, oh, he's a sweetheart. So I just thought that was awesome to see him play this character that was so horrible. That was like <laughs> fun for me. Um, you know, that was entertaining for me. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, there. Yeah, bef- my scene was bizarre. Like, oh man, the what scene? Where they get high, that scene was bizarre. Yeah. Oh, that was really weird. I was like, what? Anyways, I'm not a psychopath, though, so I don't, not really, so I don't know. You know, I guess that's what psychopaths do. They get you high. Not usually. That's a bit of a twist. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we can see in this that Jake also is somebody looking for someone to hang around with to be fun, but he's also looking for someone to control completely and break down. Uh, and uh, yeah. it, oh, he doesn't want to hang around with him and have fun at all. He, he's he wants to control him, break him down, and you know yeah. that that is his fun. Yeah, that, exactly. That's his fun. Exactly. He, he, yeah, he, he also he also seemed a little desperate, like David. Like he would, you know, he kept. The way he was saying, no, you know, we're like best friends now. I can't let you go. Like he, you know, playing playing with him, you know, he he didn't want to (laughs) let him go because that was like, um, he was like so desperately lonely too. You know what I mean? Not We're back to, I'm your number one fan, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. Hey, I had a thought, random thought. In the first scene where he's standing by the car and later, of course, we discover it's not his car. Mm Mm-hmm. A thought crosses my mind. What did this guy do? Did he, you know, kill the person that owned that car? Or did he wander along the highway till he found a car left abandoned? That's definitely a thought. That's definitely a thought. Like, what was My that? first thought was he killed the person. But, um... Or he just kind of saw an abandoned car and was like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is a good way yeah. to There's lure so him in. many of those. Oh, my. You know, and, and I don't think he even was just like, you know, he was hunting for a gay person. He was just hunting. No, he was just hunting. And yeah. then there's a scene later when he says to him, with respect to the dog, when he says, uh, okay, fine, you know, just take me to, um, what is it, Laguna Beach or something? Long Beach. Long Beach. Take me to Long Beach, and then I'm done with you. And immediately I thought, yeah, I'm done with you means I'm going to kill you. Mm. Then it's, you know, help me ca- catch the dog. And then, yeah, you know, take me you out to every this time really I'm, remote place. Yes, and every time I'm thinking, yeah, your version of done with him is you'll finish toying with him, and then you're going to kill him. Yeah. See, I thought he was not going to let him go at all. I thought he was going to keep going and keep going and just find some more reason to keep him around. Mm. And he'd end up in a basement or something tied up. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's really. George's oh, arc. Clearly. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, it's exhausting to watch this. Oh, yeah, like I like I said to you, Moira, over Twitter, I was like, imagine watching it three times. Three times. <laughs> oh God, that would be the worst. the worst. Hey, can I go back though and watch and listen to the commentary or other spoilers in it? Can you wait till the end? <laughs> sure. Because I think I I'm not so before. sure. I'm watching it going, uh, you know, just humming along and trying to get interesting trivia, but I'm not like being. Very, uh, yeah. not screening, not it, screening for spoilers. it for spoilers, unfortunately. Okay. That's fine. I won't put you under any more stress. I won't ask you to go and listen again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> watch it again. <laughs> for the uh, time. If I had to watch it again, I would, oh my God, I would poke my eyes out with a pen or but something. I, I think it's interesting that if, as you say, Robin, the fans became polarized mm-hmm. about this episode. Yeah. And it we're somewhat polarized, not completely, but you know, here too. I can see why totally. It, yeah. Because to be fair, I mean, it's great that we don't agree, does because it helps me to understand, you know, why some people would find this so awful. Whereas I just got completely um, pulled and drawn into David's position and how that would feel, and that's what I found so hard to watch. Right. I, Well, you know, it also brings up um, a good question about what an hour of television is supposed to serve. You know, is it supposed to be something where we're moving the story along and is it safe to experiment with things or are are the show creators like are they supposed to make sure to hit all the right beats every single week and just go and play by the numbers to make sure that their key audience and any newcomers is satisfied. I'd would rather the, the, the previous. It's thing. like Archie Bunker back in the day talking about homosexuality. Mm, yeah. Right. That was pushing an envelope. It was breaking a stereotype. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we're breaking a stereotype here. I don't know if it's serving no. quite the same greater function, <laughs> But um, I don't I don't begrudge them their right to to uh, play with the format and, you know, try and experiment and see what happens. They may fall flat in their face and they may lose viewers over it. Or other people might say, wow, that was that was gutsy. That was, uh, you know, that was uh, entrancing TV. And Mm -hmm. wow, I I could hurt. I couldn't stand to not see how it would turn out. You know, it's just. It's so much in the eye of the beholder, I guess. It's true. I mean, you can apply that to other shows. I mean, you know, a normal uh, uh, viewer of uh, just regular network comedy shows might turn on an episode of Community and be like, what the, what, what is going on? This is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, I mean, okay. I would not have minded this kind of storyline at all in like, say luther which is a show about this kind of shit but this was not this kind of show so i felt it just didn't fit at all and it was just not entertaining Mm -hmm. at all it just it was just irksome the whole time i guess i you know the other thing is i was watching david survive it and then only at the very end when he's standing in the headlight of the police cruiser and you see this dazed look on his face, yeah. and and you—that's when it hit me. I thought, "Oh shit! He, how is he ever going to deal with this? Right. You know, oh, how gosh. is he going to cope with this?" And 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 I have to admit, I thought, "Oh, this is going to be so painful. Like, is he going to become totally afraid to leave the house? Is he going like I? Ugh, they could go so many ways with it, and I I hope." Um, they don't make it that he becomes this even more destroyed 
person. I, I, I really hope that's not the way it goes. Mm. Me too, because we already have enough doom and gloom and sad. We don't <laughs> yeah. need any more. I just yeah. can't and, take any more. Well, and he was finally getting into a good place with Keith. Right? We've been saying all yes, the last few episodes we enjoy them together and this is fabulous and now, the first time Keith tries to go away look at what the writers do to David. <laughs> Bastard. See, they're ruining it again. See, they, oh. they oh, this is just so uh, So, but so here's, here's my hope, Des. I'm hoping that it doesn't become all about uh, David being a completely destroyed person. That 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 he will end up finding uh kind of i don't know maybe his own strength or, own, or his reality that he could survive this and that he didn't lose his head or you know i don't know let's hope <laughs> yeah let okay go oh. take self-defense courses and you know empower yeah. yourself don't sit around and mope and be scared to leave the friggin' house because yeah. and this this was random. This is not some guy who stalked you and said, I'm coming after you. It was random. The chances of it happening again are slim. Don't hide in a corner. And as far as the post-traumatic stress, which, hey, most people would get, frankly, mm-hmm. after something like that. Um, yeah, get a therapist. Talk it through. Do what you need to do to work it, right. to try to, you know, make peace with it. Because it's not Ghost- easy Peace hey, Margaret Chenoweth, okay? She, yes! Like, no! Uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> All right, go to Brenda, okay? Do something. And hell, Margaret would probably be willing to give you a hand job if that made you feel better. <laughs> that's <laughs> you that that's what you needed. <laughs> well, Robin, I hope we didn't mess you up too much by not... Uh... No, no, no. Um... <laughs> Forcing you to go through every excruciating detail. Yeah, no, are... no, I don't think this is, uh, you know, and I oh. apologize to those who don't watch the episode and just listen. But I hope uh, those own, p- people who do that are people who have watched the show before. And maybe we've reminded you of enough of uh, the moments here. But I have to say, I watched on ultra slow speed the flashing before his eyes and maybe we can yeah. start talking oh, about okay. the end yes because yeah, i wrote it all I down just, i'd love to know what went in there yeah tell me okay I, what who was the guy with the messed up face because i tried to rewind but i didn't have slow motion speed yeah we'll take it we'll go step by step I'll, 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 okay. okay yeah and yeah. maybe then we can go back to maybe talking about how you felt about the end um so the flashes were um a flashback of him running through the water with his dad spraying the hose um, his mother fixing his tie, um, you know, as you know, he's now a funeral director or whatever. The real quick flash of the scene where he's, he and Keith are in the hotel bed singing, which is really fun. Um, there's a couple of shots of just kind of somebody working on a corpse and hands and corpse and sewing and different things like that. Um, another quick flash of, um, the fight outside the funeral where David ends up punching one of the picketers. Um, him and Claire coming to the hospital for Nate's surgery. Um, a, a quick flash of Lisa's corpse. Him seeing that. Yes, I, I noticed. I saw that. that. Yeah. Cage yeah, dancer guy. <laughs> Just cage what, sorry? dancer. Some guy, you know, one of the um, club ramrod. Oh, oh. <laughs> one of the guys oh. in the cage. <laughs> um, <laughs> the 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 fight he had with Keith, the physical fight he had with Keith, that he got a flash of that. And what you're thinking of, uh, Des, and I'm remembering perhaps is the dead um, uh, gay kid who got beaten oh, to death. Oh, I recognize him. And okay. that affected him so yeah. much. I think it was the first it was season. By, 
It went by so fast. All I saw was like a lumpy face, you know, that yeah. had been like punched mm. or whatever. And I, I couldn't, you know, slow it down at the right time to see who it was. So I wasn't sure who that was. And this is how many flashes there are. It keeps going on. Um, the the nice scene, I think, in the second episode of the series where he's sitting on the bus with Nate and coming to terms with things. Um, another mm-hmm. flash of him and Keith. The flash of uh, the dead gay kid, like, sitting outside. Um, there was a moment where he saw him out there. Um, I think it was outside the church that he saw him. Mm-hmm. Um, another quick flash of him and Nate as kids, like, playing. Um, then just a quick flash of earlier in the episode where he says goodbye to Keith. And then all of a sudden, um, the last flash is a close up of his face on that back on that bus again. And here we are with the bus thing again, you know? And, uh, uh, and then, you know, he's opening his eyes in real time. So (laughs) yeah, a lot of flashes. I was like, tick, 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 tick with my DVD. (laughs) Just like, oh, I gotta wow. get all these because it was amazing. I thought it was, I thought, I mean, just, you know, a literal life flashing before your eyes and being able to kind of well, see all those moments again. Yeah. Well, cool. um, Robin, I just want to say thank you for that because like I said, I only got half of that <laughs> and I really wanted to know, you know, what they, I, I, I saw, you know, a, a bunch of them, but then I, I couldn't. I, you know, watch fast enough yeah. to register what all of them were. And I was really <laughs> yeah. curious. Oh, so and I watched it too late last night and I was too tired to go back and do what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to tell you more. I know you um, are usually in the habit of watching it late at night before the, like the night before we record. <laughs> yep. And I wanted to say, don't do it. But then I was figuring I'd give it away too much. That you... <laughs> It was fun. It was I fun. knew Des, Des was safe because she usually just watches it right before we record. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. The the last scene is, uh, I mean, really, you know, if you're not, like, completely upset by now, like, <laughs> he gets just. What, a, what, a, what, what about me, Robin? What about me? <laughs> I was not completely upset. <laughs> So uh, our our lovely David is, uh, you know, he he's gotten he's so desperate that he's just like, you know, this is your dog. No, this is your dog. I found him. Please free me. And and he realizes it's all over now because Jake has announced that he's done with him. And um, yeah, I mean, just just that the look that falls across David's face and just you know the i don't know the feeling of doom that i i get even knowing what's going to happen just know just kind of feeling myself in david's shoes <laughs> that wasn't meant to be a joke um but... i was i was really thinking the guy was going to shoot him yeah you know i mean he didn't have to die from being shot he could have you know been shot and been you know fine but that didn't happen. So I was like, really not that good of a psychopath. Mm. You know, I mean, I feel like, um, you know, him just leaving without actually doing something was just kind of anticlimactic. But he did do something. That's the thing. Well, he, 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 he did something like, emotionally, but you know, he didn't cause him the phys- Yeah, He didn't shoot him. He didn't try to kill him. I he think didn't... what he did was almost worse. 
he said he was going to, you know, kill him, and he didn't even attempt to wound him, you know, physically. Well, so he did. Just, he beat the shit like, out of him, actually. Well, okay. Yeah, and he, right, he beat, well, beat him up. He made him perform fellatio on a gun that he thought might be blown up at any moment. Mm-hmm. And then he douses him with gasoline, makes him close his eyes, and you can see the light on David's face, so you know he's lighting something. Mm-hmm. Like that was the implication, right? That there was a lighter that was lit. And yeah, standing there waiting that for that match like, to get thrown. You know, the flashing but before your eyes. I don't know what effect. it was. But I thought I, was I knew he like wasn't going to light him on fire because, you know, then they would have to deal with makeup to do burn skin, you know. It's <laughs> yes, that's a lot of trouble. Well, so they do that a lot with all the that. dead bodies and stuff like that. and. I know, but he's like a main character. That's a lot of work for every episode. You know, oh, it's not I like see just the one Too pricey. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It would be so much work yeah, that I didn't think they'd was, really do that either. I thought maybe he'd shoot him in the chest or the stomach or something, and then just take maybe off. Maybe he'd you know? put him in a Darth Vader outfit for the rest of the series. Like Alan Ball is like, oh. you have to wear this <laughs> outfit. I just found it disappointing. <laughs> Because I was, I was hoping they would go there. If they went this far, why not go the whole way? You know, and they didn't. Hmm. So just another disappointing thing for me. I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> I hope I'm not alone in that. <laughs> but um, no, I, I'm glad they didn't too. But I, I just, I think that that last bit with the gun and the flames, yeah. uh, potential flames, was so um, kind of over the top almost. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, this is bad enough, but then that, that actually, you know yeah. what, I guess that's the only part that I just, I just wonder, you know, do we really need to go quite to that extreme? But anyway, if it had been a different show, I would have thought it was awesome. But for this show, I thought it was ridiculous that the whole, you know, dousing him with gasoline and, and all that stuff. Yeah. It's horrible. It's just horrible. I mean, I think the end of it, um, was you know uh, like the what we were working what we were building up to you know um the f- fact that david's life is literally in danger right now and mm-hmm. it you know and gets to that point where he's just closing his eyes and whatever the part where i thought was over the top and just like really <laughs> was the shitting in the alley scene right after they do crack oh really the the thing where we're, we're close up on uh Jake's face and David in the background shitting his brains out in an alley and Jake just kind of be like completely amused by it was I mean almost as painful as the um him unzipping the corpse bag the the death bag have you uh and and saying oh it's a girl you want to fuck it <laughs> I'm just like, oh, just the whole, gosh, that's the messed whole crack up. scene from the whole crack scene from beginning to end to me was just kind of ridiculous too. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. We'll, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't know if it was it's ridiculous to me, but I, it was, uh, it was kind of a relief from the tension. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then we get that quick fantasy of them going on a wild ride, you know, yeah. and then the yeah, waking it, waking us back up to reality with the uh, the baseball bat smashing on the windshield. You know, um, Alan Poole actually talked a little bit about um, the uh, direction of those scenes and how he made a conscious decision to shoot some stuff in a moving van being towed by. Um, 
you know, like a hitch or whatever, another, another truck or something and going through the streets of LA and acting these scenes out in the van. Um, but then another, you know, then, then shooting some stuff in front of like a green screen. And, um, you can, you can notice there's some scenes and I, and I, and I think he did that. He said he did that to be, make it more, I think he, I think it was like more dreamy, more, more claustrophobic, um, and that, yeah, the drug scene was one of those. Um, and you know, when they really getting into a, a conversation where it's kind of quiet in the van, it's obviously not that quiet in a van when you're driving down the street. So I don't know. Maybe that scene with the crack would have made a lot more sense to me if I was a crackhead sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not. I have I have trouble with this because anytime I see a movie that has uh, scenes of of torture in it, I always find those the toughest to watch. Mm-hmm. And this is um, much more psychological torture, really. You know, yeah. you're you're watching David be toyed point. with the whole time. He's being toyed with the whole time, and you just know it. And we know it before David realizes it, I think. And so. It's, uh, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, we're all, I mean, including, I mean, right along with David, we're wondering how far is this going to go, really? Yeah. And, and I'm, and also, you know, it's great that we, Jay comments on the lies he told David. Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, I, what does he say? Everything. Oh, something about you always, you tell them what they want to hear because it makes them feel better about themselves because they're so pathetic or something like that yeah and i thought but that is how psychopaths think like the way he has no compassion whatsoever because david at one point says how why are you doing this to me and how can you be like this which is kind of what the audience is always sort of thinking yeah. about so well, it's best, right like why are you like that you're crazy that's why but I it's but why. it's more than crazy it's it's psychopathic mm-hmm. because and sociopathic which means that they have no conscience and no concept of other people um they have no empathy no ability to empathize whatsever they don't care and it's unforgiving exactly and- there's no why it's just you know usually random you know why are you and nobody not somebody else why are you doing this to me because i can that's yeah. why because yeah. i can because I'm you know, and, crazy and, and sick with power, and I'm a sociopath, and I'm a psychopath, and I don't right. And I think the great about thing about this, this this writing is that you know a lot of like mamby pamby shows, like you know made for TV movies or is just poorly written stuff, like uh, uh, would make you. I mean, bringing that whole element of the dad in the Navy moving us around, like we, we're okay, we're understanding now why he's like this, but no, it's all a lie. We don't know. And exactly. and that's even I, more scarier. And even and even that, that but even that work. They they say what they think people want to hear to to mm-hmm. fit in, you know, to to play with them, and and they don't mean any of it because they right. just don't have the capacity. And they're usually very intelligent, and he's bright enough yes. to know what to say to David. And the other thing about uh, psychopaths is when you try to find a pattern to them in terms of their background to figure out why mm-hmm. they've become that way, there isn't one. And That's what's so horrifying. There isn't one. It's not like, oh, this person will be turned into this horrible uh, creature because they were abused, for instance, yeah. or whatever. None right. of that's true. None of that's true. So, it's yes, it's a testimonial to the brilliance of the writing. Because they don't portray this guy like a cookie cutter psychopath, they they do a good job with it. Mm-hmm. 
if you know what I mean. It's true. It's true. And and it also helps along with the, just seeing this this trap become you know tighter and tighter. This noose yes. around David's neck. Yes. And oh. and he's looking. He's trying. You can see in the conversations he's having with him. Well, you know, tell me about this, or why why don't you want to go on the freeway? You know, and and all this stuff. And uh, you know, why why don't you have any sympathy for me? Just because. You know, and that's just scarier. That I think that's scarier yes. than just like, oh, I we I understand why. You know, and yeah, and David trying to find an opening, something yeah, to make himself no more opening. human to this person, and this, and he, and every time he shuts him down or he or he switches gears on him, like yeah, I, you know, I lied about that. My dad's in the slammer. You know. Yeah. Every door gets closed. And even the um, dog, you know, he's like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know, this is your dog. Yeah. He's like, my dog is like probably 16. It was like 16 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Like, you got to be kidding me. It's all those levels that make it so horrifying to me because, you know, he's just he's just toying with them. And that's, I think, why I found it so painful. See, I agree. I think they did a really good job with, you know, portraying a, the psychopath and everything. But I just didn't feel like it was necessary to the show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know they did it good they alone. just didn't need you're not alone yeah no lots of people feel that way well I, for me it'll depend on what they do with it mm -hmm. you know I need I need to see more to decide whether I hate yeah, or love it, what this is um, it could get worse or it could get better yeah I'm I'm thinking now that it's probably going to be worse though <laughs> Anyway, I feel like we've pretty much beaten it to death. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Yes, let's move on, please. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's pour some gasoline over this episode and make it fillet our gun. Light it up. Yeah. Let's have our own bonfire. <laughs> well, let's just take a break now and uh, hear the whimsical tones of our friends at Castlecast. Heidi, Heidi, hey. John, what happened to you? You look awful. Uh, I had an accident, but I'll be okay. Listen, I... Where have you been? You're late for recording. That's what I wanted to tell you. Listen, I was hanging a clock in the bathroom, and I slipped, and I hit my head on the toilet. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I, I blacked out for a bit. When I came to, I had an epiphany. You know that show on ABC, Castle? I... what? You know, Castle. It's that murder mystery show starring Nathan Fillion. Everyone loves it. Come on, keep up. I'm familiar with it, yes. Okay, well, I was thinking... You may want to sit down for this. I am sitting. Oh, well, then I'll sit. I was thinking we should do a podcast about Castle. You're kidding, right? No, I'm serious. We could do a weekly podcast wherein we talk about the latest news involving the series, its cast and crew. John. Follow that with a recap and review of the latest episode. With emails, voicemails, and a Twitter poll. John. And you know what else? We can even have a music appreciation segment featuring actual score pieces from the show by its composer, Robert Duncan. Seriously, John? Then we can wrap up the show with spoilers. John. Yes? We already have a Castle podcast. Really? Yes, really. It's called CastleCast.net. Don't you remember? Ooh, good name. We should grab it before someone else does. Oh, for the love of... What? You got a better idea? Maybe you should go to the hospital. I think you might have a concussion. Don't be silly. I'm fine. What I should really do right now is go make some album art for the podcast in iTunes. Bam, said the lady. Castlecast.net, the original fan podcast all about the ABC series Castle. Hey, Heidi, you'll never guess what I saw outside just now. A double rainbow. Yep. 
definitely a concussion. And we're back. And uh, that was whimsical. Phew, a little levity. Um, all right, so uh, the next segment is called Fisher of the Week, in which we award the Fisher family member who's our favorite this week <laughs> and why. And uh, at first I thought to myself, well, it's going to be very easy to have shots this week, but then <laughs> then I heard Des. So, Des, I really want you to get us started off with who your favorite Fisher is this week. This was difficult because... Um... Everybody was kind of lame. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I didn't even pick one. Um, I was thinking maybe Nate because he went to the counseling, but he was an asshole too, and that bugged me. So I'm, I think I'm, okay, I'm going to go with baby Maya because we didn't have to see her face today. <gasps> that was so <laughs> awesome. I love Whatever, that. I'll her take a vote for baby Maya. Rat- Baby rat, baby, ugly little rat, baby. That's my song. She's beautiful. Leave her alone. Oh my gosh, she's so ugly. It's just, it hurts me physically how ugly she is. And now I want to vote for baby Maya just to give her a a, a vote of your beautiful little baby. Oh. Moira. So are you, are you saying you just voted for her too, Robert? No, no, I oh. want to, but I can't. Oh, um, hmm. This is... Oh, Everybody okay. didn't get enough screen time was the biggest problem. Yeah, I mean... Somebody the whole... hijacked the damn show <laughs> and tried whole... to yeah. keep it all for them. Sorry, you can't the pick the hitchhiker episode. as your fisher of the week. <laughs> That's too bad. If I, I could totally would have. I could pick the psychopath as the most amazing acting job of the week. That's who I would truly vote for. <laughs> but I can't. So, um, I have to go with David because even though I think he should have escaped, mm-hmm. um, I just watched him on this harrowing journey and, and I, I think actually that, um, Michael C. Hall did a pretty amazing job with his acting too. I have to say mm-hmm. certain scenes had to have been really difficult to do and, uh, he did a really good job with them. When his face is being ground into the dirt, for instance, that that's oh, oh that's heartbreaking. So, yeah, I, I'm giving it to I'm giving it to David. Yeah, the I can keep giving it to David. <laughs> yeah, that's what she. Um, a couple more things I wanted to say, and I definitely want to um say David is my pick as well. Um, a couple more things. Well, the first was just a quick like oh my gosh acting like trivia bit the fact is they were running out of time on this episode um when they were getting they were finishing up where that whole gun scene and fellatio and flashing before his eyes all that that whole scene obviously the flashes are edited in but that was one take they were running out of time they had to do it and they did it (laughs) So that's just amazing to me. Um, and yeah, just, uh, to defend the whole, like, man, he should have gotten away kind of thoughts. Um, 
Alan Poole says, we were really trying to be real to the psychology of someone who is a fundamentally non-confrontational person. Someone who essentially believes that a man can be rational. Um, yes, there are times when David, if be, he was being bold, brave, and quick-witted, could have made him escape. But how many of us are bold, brave, and quick-witted under those kinds of circumstances? And I think yeah, I mentioned okay. that earlier in the episode, but... Yeah, that's, that's a valid that's point, <laughs> Did he just say that non that David's non confrontational and also um shit, what was the second thing he said? Um rational. No, he's saying that um, um he's fundamentally non confrontational, which right. you know, with everybody around him and um he believes that people are rational. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, okay. I thought it said something to the effect that if you're, you know, not non-confrontational, you are not rational. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to take offense. Was, Alan Poole was not saying, what... yeah, David's non-confrontational, so obviously he doesn't know how to rationalize his way out of this. <laughs> I think that's one of my problems though, with David is that he is so non-confrontational. He, he lets things happen and, you know, oh, that bugs me. Uh, but yeah, I have to yeah. give it to David and obviously Michael C. Hall this week is amazing, amazing work. And um, David, just because I feel so terrible for him, it's just yeah. you put, he was put through hell this week. It's, it's just a, it's just a TV character. It's okay. It's not really he's in put, hell. Listen, he's put through way worse, worse hell than Nate has been with losing his wife mm-hmm. by far. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I really want to get to our feedback section because we actually have a listener eulogy from our dearly departed, (laughs) saying it as if he's dead, uh, our friend who was supposed to be on the podcast in order to prepare us for uh, FisherCast 5.0, Illyrio. So um, if you guys are okay with that, I'm going to play his voicemail now. Okay. Go for it. Hello, FisherCast. It's Lirio. I'm uh, halfway between Edson and Edmonton in Alberta's north. And uh, I have my hands free, which is why the audio quality might not be very good. I apologize in advance. Well, as we all, well, as, as we know, uh, I was supposed to guest on this episode. Scheduling made this impossible. My work schedule, I'll be wrote. My work schedule has made it uh, quite impossible for me to barely even be at home. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the episode of Six Feet Under that you are speaking about, speaking to, that's my dog. Let me tell you that when I watched uh, the first few seasons of uh, Six Feet Under with Christine, this was an episode I watched when she was out of town, and it was uh, very late at night. I may have enjoyed a, a little bit of herbal remedy before watching at the time. This was ages ago. We were both sons, kids. And uh, this episode fucked me up. I, I was so traumatized by what David went through. And the way that it was uh, written and shot and done was so incredibly realistically horrifying that I stopped watching the show for a little bit just because I couldn't, I I just couldn't absorb it all. And without going into specifics, um, it is by far 
still one of the only things, uh, video, film, TV, or what have you, that I uh, can seriously say scared me uh, in an actual real way. Uh, so I, I hope you guys are doing well. Can't wait to join you for the last season. It will be awesome. Take care. And goodbye. Bye, Illyrio. I'm surprised wow. you didn't say tune in and rock on. <laughs> or oh, wow, yeah. Stay calm, so or whatever. <laughs> it so- it sounds like he felt a lot like I did watching that show. Hmm. I just can't get that invested in this TV show <laughs> at all. It doesn't. It it just doesn't. It's not doing it for me. I I kind of think I know what um, the guys over at Redemption Cast are feeling. You know, <laughs> they're not enjoying. I'm their having show a similar experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor it's, Robin. it's interesting because I I yeah I feel like Alira did. Obviously, that's obvious. I I totally get invested in what David went through and. I just okay. oh, I found it so hard afterward to uh, turn it off and go to sleep. It was see, I watch okay, watching the Vampire Diaries, right? Don't okay, even. Last, but I'm really invested. Don't I'm really even. invested. Well, no, listen, I'm just I'm really invested in these characters. Okay, they killed someone off that I really liked, and it really made me very very sad. I you know I was able to. Um, <laughs> You can laugh all you want, but it's a really good show. I'm and pulling my I hair out. That's invested. not laughing. <laughs> I'm invested in those characters. I cannot get invested in these characters. I have, you know, nothing in common. They barely entertain me um, on a good are day. Are you a vampire? And... No, but the characters <laughs> she has are no more soul. <laughs> The characters are more interesting. Mm-hmm. They don't sit around and mope all day. Mm-hmm. You know, things happen, you know. Good stuff as well as bad stuff, which is great. That's what I'd like to see. Good stuff as well as bad stuff. But it's all bad stuff. Nobody ever is going to be happy ever. <laughs> Why? Why can't they be happy ever for five minutes? You know? When they're oh, happy, God, you're upset too. Course. When we had little Maya running with Claire and they were dancing, you had nothing good to say about it. So... <laughs> Um, remember that episode for Ruth's birthday when they had the party? I loved that episode. <laughs> they were happy in that episode, and it made me happy, you know? All right. But that was so fair. Well, I just, I feel like this was a powerful episode. Yeah. Whichever way you find it rubbed you, it was very powerful and uh, um, evocative and... Yeah, I guess I am. I guess I'm much more invested in the characters. <laughs> I guess that's what we're discovering. I yeah. actually, I actually do care what happens to David. I really do. <laughs> so the only, the only care. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I just it doesn't matter. Anyway, and here you have folks. Sometimes with intro casts, <laughs> <laughs> shit happens. <laughs> But, Des, I'm glad really you haven't signed up. Watch, I really don't want to watch the next episode now. You really don't want to? I really don't. If it's going to be David moping around, I don't want to watch I don't it. I know what it's you expect. Around. I, don't, I expect it to be another episode where other things happen. Well, I'm sure there will be other things. This is the departure episode, and now we're going right. to get back to I don't to think it'll be. Yeah, seeing be our other like characters. 
<laughs> yeah, but I don't want to have to. I don't want this to linger. Hmm. We had the departure. Let's get back on track. Let's just leave yeah, it. No, there will be echoes. There will be echoes. And that's what really bugs me, and that's why I don't want to watch the next episode. I well, will. that's your option if you want, but yeah, I really I hope you do. We might be I having a departure from the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, oh, I'm not feeling it. I'm not looking forward to it at all. Well, I... Uh, I'm glad I have a week before I have to look at it again because yeah. I feel like Maybe. Illyria did that. I, 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 need a, I need a little... It's good. Button. It's yeah. good it worked out that way. It won't work out that way for you listeners. You'll get the same... you get an episode uh, every Tuesday, don't worry, or, t- or Wednesday Stay morning. Wednesday. Tuesday night for me. But anyway, uh, let's move on to our next bit of email. Um, I would love either of you to read Emily or Steph. Which do we want to do first? Your choice, Moira. Um, I can do stuff if you want. As long as you read the the subject line literally. Yes. Okay. So Stephanie writes to us, that's my dog or beware of hitchhikers. No, it does not say that. (laughs) And I'm surprised we hadn't said that anywhere. No, it says hitchhikers. Hitchhikers. Oh, Oh, it does. I just corrected it in my mind. So funny. Oh, Steph. She was trying Steph. so hard to spell it. Steph's adorable. Steph is yeah. adorable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she says, this is a very self-aware episode. Why is this family so repressed? Maggie Chenoweth is so inappropriate. <laughs> Brent Sexton is very good at grieving. Uh, is that the guy who plays the husband? Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Um, wonder, oh yeah, okay, it is. wonder if this is how he got his role on the killing. <laughs> Usually we see the characters put through the ringer emotionally, but this time we have to witness David being actually physically victimized. This was tough to watch. How does one decide that this is a good time to smoke crack? Do people still smoke crack these days? Yes, I mean, maybe. I don't. Maybe. <laughs> I hate this episode with a fiery passion. <laughs> Every scene was miserable to witness. I'm really starting to resent this show for causing me so much pain and suffering. On the other hand, only good writing can cause you to feel so much sympathy for these characters. I have to agree that I'm starting to resent the show too, but not because it causes me pain and suffering. Well, the pain and suffering of having to watch and not being entertained every week. That's the only pain and suffering I have. I, uh, I was talking to Steph on Twitter and I actually tweeted her uh, Olivier's quote which was uh, reminded uh, I was reminded of when I read that New Yorker article it was uh, good art makes you want to vomit <laughs> oh yeah, <no>. yeah pretty much <laughs> uh, and uh, honestly Steph I'm I'm a little disappointed I always thought this would be your favorite episode of Six Feet Under because of all the torture uh, well, it was more it was more emotional and mental torture than it was physical torture, and she's big on physical torture. She's big on sexy torture, let's be honest. Yes, yes. <laughs> she's I, not here to defend herself, so. <laughs> I think Maybe David Boreanaz torture, I think uh, she's okay with Yeah. A guy with his shirt off tied up, yeah, I think <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, and uh, we have a very it looks from what I read this uh, earlier is a very uh, uh, a guilty uh, feedback. Somebody was guilt stricken and decided to write. So, um, Des, do you want to read it? 
Okay. Um, let's see. From Emily, it says, Parallel play in a little, that's my dog. Hey, guys, I've been listening to your podcast since almost the beginning. I watched Six Feet Under about two years ago for the first time and uh, and loved it. I'm a newbie following Buffy and Angel and being very strict about not watching ahead and found out about the show from that community and thought it would be fun to not be a newbie for once. I'm really enjoying your show, although I am not rewatching, just listening and remembering the episodes as you talk about them. That's exactly what I'm doing for Buffy and Angel. <laughs> um, it's fun to revisit the series that way and how the little moments that made an impact come back clear to me when you discuss them and many of the same feelings I had as you. All right, I'll get to the point. I'm writing in because of a couple things. One, your cyber stare down at us listening who are not writing feedback. Yes. And two, because of that, two, because of that bonfire scene in parallel play. I really meant to write in after listening to that podcast because I love this, that scene so much but forgot. I think it was the perfect cleanse needed for the characters. They needed that extra drama of actually burning the stuff that the, a trip to the local Savers Donation Center couldn't do. <laughs> I guess that's the thrift store from wherever she's from. <laughs> um, but mostly, I love that scene because Claire played Lucky by Radiohead. Oh, God, I hate Radiohead. Um, okay, that's me, not her. Um, back to the email. I am a huge Radiohead fan, so any show that uses one of their songs gets a few extra notches in my book. And personally, I thought that song was the perfect choice in tone and subject matter. May I intervene? In fact... Uh, yes. I, I would, I, you're making your own commentary. So uh, number one, I love Radiohead two quite a bit. Number two, no, I proved during the discussion of the episode that eternal flame is actually, uh, would have been a better pick. Please continue. When you said eternal flame, I thought you were talking about the bangles. That's exactly what I was talking about. That is what he was talking oh, about. Oh, okay. I didn't, yeah. uh, that's what, and then when you just said it, I thought maybe it was a Radiohead song. I don't listen yeah. to Radiohead. So, you know, their songs irk me. Um, Des, can you feel yeah. my heart beating? <laughs> <laughs> Do I understand? Um, <laughs> where, where was I? Shit. Um, Start no, over again. In, here no. it was. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, I was really pleased to hear your guest, Matt, rave about this band, the band. So pleased that I actually subscribed to his podcast yesterday on that mirror alone. Yes. Anyone that loves Radiohead has to have some pretty good taste. Yes, I have bad taste then. Uh, so I figured I'd like his movie taste as well. I've listened to his latest podcast and the first two already, and so far I'm really enjoying it. So there must be something to my logic. She's talking about movie snobbery too, people. Yes, movie snobbery to electric boogaloo. <laughs> um, find it in iTunes. Uh, a little about that's my dog. Funny story. This is the only episode of Six Feet Under I own, and therefore I may actually watch it before listening to the podcast. <laughs> I own it because I was Netflixing the disc, and that's my dog wouldn't play on the disc, and I really wanted to watch it that night. So I bought that episode on iTunes. Of all the episodes in the series, that's my dog is perhaps the last one I want to own to watch over and over. Oh well, <laughs> thanks for the podcast. Emily. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Thank you. No kidding. That's not the one I'd want to own either. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sure you, f you feel bad for me for having to watch it three times. <laughs> but... That is ironic. Like Somebody tell one. Alanis Morissette. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> hmm. uh, yeah. So thank you for that email, Emily. And, you know, I mean, I, if you're feeling guilty about not writing in, it's okay. But, I mean, just think, you could you could be writing in more, you know, maybe every episode. <laughs> you can just keep sending them in, you know. 
I, Emily. Emily, listen, even every other is fine. <laughs> Emily, what I'm saying is the podcast is free. The podcast is free and I spent a lot of time on it. So, you know, you could do your part, Emily. And everybody else that's listening. Emily, Chase. But mostly Emily. Chase. Brad. So Gabby. Names. <laughs> Claire. Claire, who's in big trouble because she's sleeping right now. <laughs> it's like the um, howdy-doody thing. I see Bobby and I see Susie. Isn't that what that's romper room? Oh, romper room. Sorry, it was before my time, big time. Romper room, and they never saw Moira. Never. (laughs) That bitch. (laughs) I don't think they ever saw Robin either. And if so, it was. Oh, I bet they saw Robin. You can sure as hell bet they never saw Desiree. Bet they did. (laughs) Yeah, Moira, you were in the company of uniquely named people. But yeah, really, yes. the point of it all is, Emily, please keep writing. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, so I'm going to read this uh, next email, and it is from our friend Matt, who, yes, again, Movie Snobbery 2. You know, uh, he pointed out in uh, the Movie Snobbery Facebook group that um, Movie Snobbery actually has been around for a year now, <laughs> with Matt continuing wow. on with it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Steph and I were kind of like, oh, well, (laughs) but, um, anyway, let me read his email. Hey, Fisher cast. Well, we finally hit it. The moment I alluded to during my guest episode, but couldn't say. I don't remember what he was saying about it. Oh, yeah. That he had this, this thing that was coming up that he absolutely hated. Yes. And he's like, oh, yay. Someone who feels the way I do. Um, the six feet under equivalent to loss stranger in a strange land bsg's black market sopranos christopher or the season one finale of the killing whatever that's called <laughs> whatever like you want to call it it goes by worst. three simple words worst episode ever if this episode doesn't break des nothing will <laughs> Oh my god, it's trying so hard. <laughs> this episode is like if you watched all the Avengers movies leading up to the Avengers and somewhere in the middle your jerk friend threw on dog tooth, which is one's dog tooth. Oh, if you really want excruciating pain, please watch that movie. Um and tried to convince you that that movie was a part of the mythology. In retrospect, this may have been the beginning of the end of the golden age of HBO. Wow. Oh, wow. I really wonder if this episode was the result of them believing their own hype too much or Alan Poole's desperate attempt to get fired. I don't buy what uh-huh. happened to David at all. I don't buy that he pick up a hitchhiker, drive him around seamless, seemingly for hours. It was day when he picked up and night when things went bad. I haven't rewatched this episode since it pre- premiered. And all the ludicrous complications that feel like pointless sadism rather than anything that might actually happen on this show. This isn't a harrowing ordeal. This is Kim Bauer's subplot from the second season of 24 minus the cougar. <laughs> I didn't watch that, but... Oh, boy. Man, he's referencing some great TV here. Um, Anyway, (laughs) and and being completely unfair at the same point. Uh, All right, so so with each increasingly ridiculous and stupid action, I was taken further out of what happened. 
unlike another episode from another show, this episode often gets compared to trying not to spoil something. Google, that's my dog, and you should figure it out pretty quickly. Well, tell me so I don't have to Google yeah, it. No Googling. We can't Google. Yeah. At least I can. I'm going to Google it if you can't, if you don't know, Robin. Do you know what he's talking about? I'm not sure. I might have to have him clear it up. Um, I don't know. Now, now, anyway. Matt, you just teased I, uh, Moira Endes and everybody in the listening audience. So, but um, yeah, if you're new to the show, don't Google that's my doc. Don't Google anything about six feet under because you'll get spoiled immediately. All right. So anyway, that show does a better job of portraying the traumatic moment and its effect on the victim. Sorry, Alan Ball, you're not Lars Van Trier, or from what I've heard, Michael Haneke. Okay, now I need to know what show that is. Anyway, he might have been been talking about what you were talking about earlier in the episode Um, about Friday Night Lights, but I don't know. Oh, no, because I don't think that show did a very good job at all. That was even worse. Oh, he does reference it. Let me keep reading. As I've said, I haven't seen it since it aired. I don't think any hour of TV has enraged me in the wrong way, the way That's My Dog, or as I like to call it, David Fisher's Wild Ride has. Certainly Uh trying something out of the ordinary is good for creative minds, but this just makes no sense in the world Six Feet Under created. It's like the first half was written by the Six Feet Under crew, which for this episode, really, who cares what happened in the first half? Mm -hmm. The first half hour could have been the entire cast sitting quietly doing nothing. Sorry. And tangent. And they handed the rest to Ryan Murphy. (laughs) Who's Ryan Murphy? He's the uh, guy who does Glee and American Horror Story. I think he's more leaning on the American Horror Story part. It also reminds me of a certain infamous subplot from Friday Night Lights. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But unlike Friday Night Lights, Six Feet Under has a little more leeway with its reality. But David Fisher's Wild Ride taught them not that much. And if that wasn't enough, this episode was the lead-in for the premiere of Entourage. Fans of this episode, can you justify that? I think not. (laughs) This episode is quite divisive among fans, although I remember the reaction being much more negative when it first came out. David Fisher's Wild Ride derailed the show a bit. I remember seeing the show lost about third of its audience this season compared to the third, and I could safely guess that this episode was a big reason behind it. But maybe... There are more long-term consequences to that. Six Feet Under tried something radically different, and it backfired. Now Alan Ball's current show, True Blood, really doesn't aspire to be anything more than a primetime soap with genre and softcore porn elements. I wonder how Ball's career would be different had this episode not been this episode. (laughs) Fisher of the Week is Nate Sr., and before you correct me, your correction is the reason why he's the Fisher of the Week. Is it because he was not in the episode? He was in the episode. He was holding a hose. Yes. So I will give it that. I'll give it to him. And the score, surprise, surprise, is zero out of ten displays of contempt for the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Love it. Don't worry. It's over. They'll never make an episode as abhorrent as this one ever again. Keep watching. It'll be worth it. I think it's. Eventually. Matt. Oh. Hashtag Team when Matt. Say, when, you, when you say eventually, do you mean the finale? Because I can't wait that long. Mm. Also, it's really nice that, you know, I love this email because 
I feel like I sound like less of an asshole now. <laughs> oh, also, good job, hashtag Matt. Team Matt. I am so on your side, Matt. <laughs> oh. I think he had that sucker prepared and waiting since we started FisherCast. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> uh, so, um, let's give it our last rights quickly because we're running long. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's start with uh, Moira this time. Okay, I will be quick. I uh, completely disagree with Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because it took me on an emotional journey that I found painful and didn't really want to go on, but because it did it so effectively, I have to credit the writing. Anything that can move me this much impresses the hell out of me. So um, I am going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 (laughs) David Wild Rides. (laughs) Uh, Des? Okay, so I pretty much hated this episode. (laughs) It was horribly, horribly horrible. Um, The only thing, the only only reason it's getting any points is because Michael Weston was great. Um, And so I'm going to give it three out of ten fun back alley crack shit sessions. Yes. That's for you, Robin. Thanks. And that is one scene that dropped it a point for me. And um <laughs> Yeah. My my final thoughts in this episode are that um sometimes this kind of stuff doesn't really um I'm I'm really upset by the end. I mean this is really upsetting, but I'm really like resentful that I was even put through it. Oh hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, iPod distraction. Hello. Um, And um, it literally was. Things like uh, Last House on the Left, uh, Funny Games. I never even watched Funny Games. I I just had to hear about it, and I was like, no, thank you. Um, What is that? Funny Games? Funny Games. Yeah, I never heard of it. it I don't even know what Last House on the Left is about. Both of these uh, movies, uh, of course, I'm speaking, um, I don't really know much about funny games except for what I saw in the trailer and what I heard about it. They're just basically like two hours of person takes hostage, puts them through extreme amounts of pain and torture, and you're just left with bleh at the end. Um, a little bit like The Strangers. Have you seen that? The Strangers is another one. Yes. Yeah, and where and then she says, "Why? Why did you?" Do she said, "Because you were home." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I thought that was great that line. Um, I... those things uh, really, I, I'm just really bothered by. I'm the kind of guy who watches a horror movie and it gets pissed when the bad guy wins. <laughs> You know, really? and uh, uh, so so this episode is kind of tailor made for me to be um, disgusted by, and I was disgusted by it. But I also um, I, I'm also very invested in this series. I'm very invested in the characters, and um, I just I guess I appreciated just a little bit of a change from the norm. Um, get a little shake up for one of the characters and um, looking forward to seeing where this goes. Not like I don't know, but uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give it uh, just for uh, a couple of bits of over the top behavior. Uh, take it away. I'm going to give it eight out of 10 hits a crack. Hmm. All right. 
So uh, I think uh, Matt and Des would agree when I say, let's bury this burning bag of poop. Yeah. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can leave us a review. You can leave us a star reading. I'm looking at you, Emily. I'm looking at you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 47 stars, Emily. 47. I think we are dead. <laughs> Oh, is it my turn? <laughs> yes. Um, okay, you can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. You can leave us a voicemail at... Sorry, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> 541 to embalm I don't know why I couldn't remember that. I because no do. one uses it, Emily. <laughs> visit <laughs> us on Facebook. <laughs> Or you can email us at fishercast1 at gmail.com the way these people did. You can give us big, long-winded things or short, sweet ones. We don't care. We would love your feedback. And, uh, Illyrio, where can we find... No, Claire, where can we... Oh, no. Des, where can we find you yes. on the web? Uh, Present! Put your hand up. Present! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's on with Stefan Des? Uh, what's on with Stefan Des.blogspot.com? I saw on Twitter it was just announced that uh, before Doctor Who's next season starts up, you're going to do a special episode all about Doctor Who just to, so you can talk to, to me about it. The one you begged her to do? Yeah, I saw there that. There was nothing yeah, the about begging. invited himself onto? <gasps> yeah. No, yeah, we were, we'll do that. We'll do that this summer Woo! because TV will be a little bit lighter. And yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I'm rewatching too with Gavin. And so, yeah, I'm in season six now. So I may be done about the time you're done. So this will be fun. Uh, And Moira. uh, (laughs) Where am I, Robin? We can find you dancing with David in Sailor's Outfits in a production of On the Town. Yay. And also on Twitter at Moira Brown with an E at the end. And uh, that's... Glad you can't find Moira like somewhere getting gasoline point on her or something. I that would really appreciate that. Yeah, because we love Moira. Unlike David, who's a fictional character, I don't care that much about. <laughs> Moira's a real person whom I love. Um... She doesn't want me to die. <laughs> no. As for me, you could find me on Redemption Cast, Angel Intro Cast, uh, uh, that Illyrio does Where show up for. He spends his time defending his show, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> Poor Robin, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> beleaguered, beleaguered Robin. And I, I, I can imagine every once in a while, Top Bunk Podcast does release an episode. There's one about summer yeah, movies I'm, I'm... that's still waiting to be edited, and... Uh, um, you know, where we, we talk it. about right at the beginning about how much we're looking forward to the Avengers coming out. So that'll be fun to listen to. <laughs> um, but uh, hopefully we'll keep going. We're a little busy these days. Uh, but yes, uh, that's it for FisherCast this week. Next week, your season four, episode six, episode, 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 terror <laughs> starts at home. <laughs> Oh, and God. hopefully, oh, hopefully, oh. we'll have Claire here with us because uh, we almost got a British uh, a, a double treat, but uh, apparently, uh, I don't know. Like a double header, you but, mean? D- yeah. D- I was trying to think of some sort of like British term, a British double wank off. 
No. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that works the way you <laughs> I do not think that means what you think, think it means. It means. <laughs> <laughs> As for that's my dog, we therefore and happily commit this episode to the ground, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. Good riddance. Bye. I'll never, ever come back Bye. again. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh my god, the title for next week sounds horrible. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, well it can't be as emotional and painful and all that as this one. Well maybe it's a common curse. Maybe things get bad before they get worse. I don't wanna become someone.